back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're going back to Portlock, but not without a guide. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and introduce my co-host of the night, Jake. What's up, man? Me and Whitney spent all day at a, uh, a local pumpkin patch thing. It's like a 100-acre pumpkin festival, uh, you pick uh like produce type thing it was just a blast we were over there and man i got home and i was i was this close to passing out and then my alarm went off to get up and i was like oh right and i saw that you had sent me the the zencaster link and i was like yep that time (laughs) so here i am (laughs) but yeah it was it was a good day it was a lot good stuff good stuff also you can uh come on over and go talk about some killer sasquatch in the middle of bumfuck nowhere alaska yeah yeah I'm I'm ready for it. Me too. Um, (laughs) Like I said in the last episode, today is our tomorrow. This is after a week for you guys. We get to we get to talk to the man, the man who who wrote the book, who I did most of the research off of, Larry Beans Baxter. How you doing, man? Hello. So welcome to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here. Let's uh let, let's first start off with who is who is Larry? Who's Larry Baxter? Well, uh unlike Jake, I got a nap today. Uh, <laughs> I uh I don't know, I've had an interesting life, man. Uh I was born and raised in Kentucky. Uh joined the military uh, in my early 20s. Uh said I don't care where the the army sends me as long as it's nowhere cold and straight to Alaska. I went, uh, but the joke was on them because I actually liked it. Um, I, I, you know, I had no frame of reference for a lot back then. This was before the internet boys and girls, if you can imagine such a thing. Goodness Uh, gracious. Well, there was internet, but not like it is today. And my only frame of reference for Alaska was, uh, Northern exposure. Oh, and, and I remember like getting off the plane and getting in the, the cab to go to the post and seeing like a pizza hut and you know like <laughs> so, like normal like franchise stores and i was like oh thank god because i thought i was going to northern exposure right and uh most of the military bases up here have some civilization around them anchorage fairbanks mm-hmm. something like that so so i saw that and i was like okay because I, I i i wasn't sure quite what i was getting into uh but it ended up uh, really, I f- fell in love with it. Um, you know, growing up in rural Kentucky, uh, the, the wildness of it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, you know, I, I do well in small towns. I enjoy small towns and, um, I got out of the military, went back home for a spell and, and uh, came back. Uh, my wife is from Alaska. She was born and raised here. And we just, as soon as we got out of, out of the army, we went back, um, to Kentucky and we were there for a couple of years and we're just like, we got to go back. Got to. Missed so, it, huh? Huh? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, we came back up here. I'd always been interested in uh, law enforcement. I got a job on St. Paul Island, which is, if you ever watch the deadliest catch, it's one of the places where they offload the crab sometime. And, uh, okay. it's like one of the most remote places on the planet. It's on a little tiny Island, uh, way out in the Bering sea, like not too far from Russia. Oh. And <laughs> I did three years out there, uh, as a police officer there. Uh, kind of back then, you know, you had kind of had to do your time. Uh, you had to go work for like a rural department or a place out in the bush, uh, as they call it. And they would send you to the academy, get you certified. And then after 
sometime with that, you would go work at a bigger department, a more um, a place on the road system, they call it, you know, mm-hmm. like a city that's connected to the road that you can drive to. Uh, so I did three years out on St. Paul Island and got hired at Homer Police Department and been here ever since. Uh, I just retired from there in 2021. Um, and now I write books and uh, go on podcasts, talk about Bigfoot and occasionally look for Bigfoot. The good stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Bigfoot, man, how'd you get into Bigfoot? Well, I've always been interested in it uh, ever since I was growing up in Kentucky you know, I've always been a reader. I love to read. Uh, read a lot of monster books growing up, and it's always been something I really thought was cool. Uh, but again, you know, never. I never really. It's it's kind of actually kind of funny how Kentucky is kind of like in the Bigfoot spotlight now, mm-hmm. and there's a lot. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, growing up there, I didn't find it to be that at all. I, it was just, it was just home. Uh, there were a few strange tales and, and mostly ghost stories, stuff like that. Uh, no, no real like cryptids to speak of. Uh, and then, um, I got up here to Alaska and, you know, my interest in it kind of came and went through the years. I would, I would read a book occasionally every now and then, uh, like Lauren Coleman's, uh, uh, book on Bigfoot, stuff like that. And up here, I was kind of, it kind of finally hit me like, you know, I'm up here, there's Bigfoot up here. Like I'm finally in a place where mm-hmm. I can look for them. And uh, that's kind of where it took off. I finally started getting out and going to places where I heard there had been sightings and interactions. And that's kind of how it took off. I started uh, just getting out in the woods and hiking around and looking for, for strange things. And sometimes I found them. Yeah, that uh, that Bigfoot True Story of, Amer- of Apes in America. Great yep. book. Yep. Fantastic book. Love it. Uh, Lauren Coleman's... I. I, uh, my, my claim to fame is that he answered one of my, one of my DMS one time <laughs> to, to, to decline, uh, coming on the show. <laughs> I like, you know what? It's good enough. <laughs> I've been to his museum, but he wasn't there. So no. yeah, I missed him by like, the, the guy working there is like, Oh, you just missed Lauren. And I was like, well, that doesn't, doesn't do me. Any good. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you? Uh, bye. <laughs> um, so the, the topic of conversation is Portlock. How far exactly are you from Portlock? Uh, from where I'm sitting right now, I'm about 40 miles away. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's it's like, nuts. It's that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so in your book, you outlined two expeditions. Have Has there been more? Uh, not by me. We were actually planning a third. Uh, we were going to go in, oh, geez, what year was it? Twenty. 21 or 22 and um we weren't able to get permission to go back out there they had granted it to uh, a production company to film a show out there so that's that new show that they have coming out probably yeah well it's the alaska killer bigfoot show yeah um and we we had you know we faced a lot a lot of criticism like you guys should go out there longer you should take more people you should do this you should do that and finally we're like well let's let's do it you know let's we were going to go out there and spend a couple of weeks and actually like camp out and stay on the, on the, in the town and, you know, do expedition. We were going to try and get up to this lake that's up there that we really want to check out. And, uh, we were denied, uh, the, uh, the permission to go back. So didn't happen. Sweet. Jake, you got any questions before we jump into his expeditions? Yeah. I mean, actually that was actually, that was a question that came up yesterday. Um, we were talking about this and, and I was like, well, how, 
I was like, so America is absolutely covered with ghost towns, right? With people left for various reasons. And this circumstance could have been the fire, right? Could have been the, the killer Bigfoot, you know, whatever the combination of the both, right? Uh, a lot of times it was the resources dried up if they're mining towns, whatever it was. And you'd think that just because they're empty that you can just, just go up in there, right? But someone always owns that property and you're always going to get slammed for trespassing. And so the question was like, who did y'all have to ask for permission and how did that whole thing go about? So it's uh, it's native owned land. It's owned by the English Bay Corporation, which is a native okay. um tribe corporation mm -hmm. and uh, i didn't really have that much steven is the one that arranged it and, and took care of it all <clears throat> steven major and um he uh took care it, it, from what i understand it took him a long time to convince them to let him go in really mm -hmm. and they kind of gave him like a, okay you've got permission for you know you you can do it for x amount of years or whatever and that time had lapsed, you know, we'd done the two X, it's probably two years. Cause we went back and, you know, we went right. back twice. Um, so then that time had lapsed. So he went back to renew that permission and they declined. Right. And, you know, I don't know the particulars of it. I don't know if he had to uh, give them money or, you know, if he just wrote a letter and they said, yeah, sure. Or, or what? I know, you know, he was very, he, he, he told me he had to be very, you know, when you, he went and asked permission, he basically had to say, we're going to be really respectful. Uh, you know, we're going to, you know, really take care of the land. We're going to leave it, you know, just like mm -hmm. we found it uh, and be really respectful. And then, you know, we saw what, what, what happened with it, with the, the, the people that went in there uh, the last time. So. Uh, it, it's kind of funny how I, I feel like they were basically the, quite the opposite of what we did. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, uh, the British show, right? Uh, no, it was, um, I'm actually not sure. They actually reached out to me and asked me, uh, if I would participate and I kind of got a weird vibe about it and I declined and I'm, I'm kind of glad I did. Oh, you're talking uh, about the new one. Yeah. The new show. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went. The first time we went out was for an independent production that Steven uh, produced, the uh, In Search of the Port Chatham Harry Man. That was 2018. And then we went back in 2019 with um, the Travel Channel uh, for the Alaska Triangle uh, series. And I think we're like the second episode of the first season or something. And uh, those guys were pretty cool. You know, we weren't sure. We basically told them like, hey, we're going to go do our thing. Uh, we're not going to like pretend or fake anything. We're going to do you know, honest research. We, we don't want to like, I mean, I understand it's a TV show. Sometimes the camera's not running. Something happens. You have to, you know, reenact things. Like right. I get yeah. it. That's, that's just the nature of the business. I mean, it, I do that sometimes when I'm out, uh, you know, filming my own YouTube videos. I'm like, Oh man, that would have been great for the camera. Well, let me do it again. You know, I'm not lying. I'm just, <laughs> right. you know, you just, the camera wasn't on. Uh, but again, there's that. And then there's like, man, nothing's going on. Well, let's say something's going on. You know, let's, let's fake stuff. Uh, we're not about that. And that was one of my caveats that I told, uh, Steven when we went out there the first time, especially with me working in law enforcement, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to go out there and like pretend that there's Bigfoot all over the place, you know, or we're being like attacked <laughs> or something like that. And he's like, no, I understand. We're going to do it serious. It's going to be actual like research. And, you know, we're, it's a, we're documenting what's happening to us out there. We're not going to make anything happen. Um, 
Right. And, you're not you're not having someone stand off camera and bang some trees and with sticks and throw it, rocks at exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, we get criticized for that sometimes because I read like the comments and people are like, Oh, this is boring, nothing's happening. And stuff does happen. I mean, right. we heard stuff, we found tracks, stuff happened. It just I don't know what the difference is. I guess because we don't like go into the camera like they're here, you know, they're going to get us, you know, I mean, but I mean, maybe that's the difference. Maybe if we were just a little bit more dramatic about the stuff that did happen, maybe people would be like, this is the greatest thing ever. Uh, but, but people are like, Oh, this is boring. Nothing happens. And I'm like, we found just as much as any other Bigfoot show on television that finds, uh, or that happens, you know, we were hearing things, uh, as soon as we got there and we started walking around, uh, we heard this like, thump, thump, thump. Yeah. And, you know, like just, it seemed like it was always, always just ahead of us. Like it wouldn't let us like get on top of it to see what it was. And what was it? A Bigfoot, a bear, a moose? I don't know. That's the problem with Alaska is there's a lot of big animals up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stuff happened. And, um, you know, uh, Mary, Mary Beth that was with us, she saw, um, she said she saw something peek around from behind a tree. And, you know, it's important. She was not a Bigfoot person. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't somebody that was really into Bigfoot uh, and Steven kind of picked, picked those people to come out there with us because they weren't Bigfoot people. Right. You know, he didn't want people uh, that were in the community and that were well-known. Uh, he wanted people that were just interested in the legend of Port Chatham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she said she saw something peeking around a tree. Well, that's something that a lot of people say they see uh, in regards to Bigfoot. So it's kind of interesting that somebody that wasn't really, embedded in the community or really popular, you know, really right. kept up with Bigfoot behavior uh, is describing stuff that people see quite a bit with Bigfoot sighting. So let's start it off with uh, the first expedition. And the first thing you talk about in your book, which is this little shed that you found a whole bunch of junk around that was a little bit too far away from the shore to be just washed up. Uh, can you kind of walk us through that and, and what was going through your head? Like where do, where do you think this, uh, all this junk came from? Yeah, that's, that situation is funny because we found it and we're like, oh, that's kind of weird, but it wasn't really that big of a deal. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, look, there's a sign of civilization. We must be near the town site. Hmm. And then we kept going. And then later on, actually, after we'd gotten back, it kind of struck me as to how weird that was. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> how did that stuff get up there? Uh, cause this is up way up high on a cliff face, you know, kind of, kind of far back, you know, not, not right up on the, the edge. And there was some like plastic and like mo- modern stuff there. Stuff right. that, you know, the town was abandoned in 1950. There was stuff up there from, you know, not necessarily modern day, but modern, you know, the eighties, nineties, right. maybe even. And it was just kind of clustered around like a little pile uh there's i think there uh, is there a picture of it in a book i don't remember i've got a picture of it somewhere uh no yeah and i just remember thinking like oh well you know look at there even up even out here in the middle of nowhere there's like litter uh (laughs) and then afterwards i was thinking about it and i'm like why is all that stuff there it was just kind of like a little collection just like a little pile of of stuff and a lot of it uh, was uh post dated 1950 when the town was abandoned there was like maybe the back of a old uh stereo or something up there mm-hmm. and to be up there where it would like had to have been carried uh you know there's no way it like washed up there on the tide or anything not as high up as we were 
Uh, it's one of those things where after the fact I got to thinking about it and I was like, man, that's, that's kind of weird. Um, almost like maybe, maybe it did wash up on the beach, but then somehow it got carried up there. I don't remember seeing any, uh, claw marks or teeth marks or anything on it. I know bears will sometimes like to chew on plastic, Hmm. but, uh, just, it, it really, it was one of those things where it didn't really hit me how strange it was until after the fact, uh, almost like we stumbled on like a little, uh, a collection point for, for knickknacks or something. So I do want to take that back. Actually on page 115, you do have a picture of it. Um, but just to kind of talk about that a little bit, right? So this area has been abandoned for quite a while. And like you said, this is, I mean, there's a good chance some of this was washed up or, you know, taken in there from someone or something. Uh, basically it was brought up there by man or beast, right? It's gotta be one or the other. Yeah. Uh, It didn't wind up there naturally. Right. I mean, is it in the area where you think a hermit could survive? Well, I mean, it's Alaska. Um, it kind of depends on your skill level. I mean, you can you can drop people off in a lot of different places and with varying results. Some of them will be yeah. dead within, uh, you know, hours, days, you know, and some of them could, could thrive. Um, I mean, it was within walking distance of the shore for sure. I mean, someone could have got there on a boat and been hanging out there and had that stuff there for whatever reason, I guess. Uh, it was kind of in an odd spot to be like a camp or uh, maybe a spot for somebody to build a cabin because it was on top of the bluff there and it wasn't that far back in. So it wasn't super protected from the the elements and, and the weather and the, and the wind. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Again, like I said, it didn't hit me exactly how strange what I was looking at was until after the fact. And then I was like, wow, that was a lot of, that was a lot of post 1950 stuff just kind of piled up around that, that area. Yeah. And, uh, it was just weird. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody was up there in the nineties or something and was like, I'm going to build a cabin up here. And then for whatever reason, abandoned it. But, um, yeah, uh, even that's a strange <laughs> explanation i mean they lugged it up there pretty good ways well those that those that are familiar with bigfoot right uh we have a pretty healthy uh, amount of people who listen to this that are familiar with bigfoot especially the act of gifting um gifting is something that i wouldn't say historically but a lot of people rely on that as a form of communication or a form of truce between themselves or something along their property or or you know, if they if they know where uh, a family of these big feats could possibly be. Um, and then there's also the stories of them just taking stuff. Uh, they are definitely thought to be fans of trinkets. Um, so I, I, I could imagine a stereo might be a trinket that they'd be interested in. Yeah, I think I think anything that's not naturally like any metal, plastic, something that maybe makes a different sound than they're accustomed to. Uh, you know, you often hear about them like tapping on metal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think something that maybe they're just not familiar with that they can pick up and carry, they might actually uh, just be fascinated with and, and take it with them because it's, they've never seen it. It smells kind of weird. And when you, when you hit it, it makes a weird sound mm-hmm. that I've never heard before. So I'm just going to hang on to this for a little bit till I get bored with it or whatever. Yeah. So moving on a little bit, let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> This big steaming pile of poop you found. Oh yeah, the I call it the ten five turd. Um, <laughs> we're we're walking along, and I can't remember who exactly. I don't remember who saw it the first time, but it was a big piece of crap. And 
I'm, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It was about that big around. And, um, we had, that's a big dump. Yeah. We had the <laughs> production assistant kid that was with, he was the brother of the cameraman. His name was toad. That was his nickname. Mm-hmm. My na- name was, we had beans and toad on the same expedition. It was, what, what are the odds, huh? <laughs> and we had him put his foot up his extra tough boot up next to it. And I took a picture of that, uh, with his boot up to it for scale. And he wore a 10 and a half boot. And so we call it the 10, five turd. Cause it was about as long as his boot. <laughs> and That's um, hilarious. we, you know, we thought we toyed with the idea of, of collecting it. I actually had some, um, some baggies that we could have taken a sample with. Uh, but from, you know, my law enforcement career, I, I had been told like, you can't really get DNA from poop. Um, mm. It's just not, Maybe, maybe if you're lucky and you like swab the outside of the poop, maybe you might be able to get some like skin cells or something as it came out. Hmm. Uh, but generally that's not something that happens. Uh, so I'm thinking like, okay, well, you know, we're not going to get DNA from it. So what's the point? And later on, again, after the fact, um, I was talking at a conference and a gentleman came up to me, um, that had been a veterinarian. He goes, you know, if you'd have brought that, that poop in and had a veterinarian look at it, they could tell you what kind of parasites were in it. And I was like, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> and he yeah. said, well, yeah. he said, if there were parasites in there that were only found in primates, that would really be something. And uh, so yeah. I was like, well, the next time I find some strange poop, I'm going to pick it up. And I did, but not at Port Chatham, but uh, <laughs> that was uh that was a lesson. You know, I, I did not know that. So, mm. um, poop is not so good for dna but it wouldn't hurt uh to have it examined for parasites if you could find something that is only found in in primates uh then you know you're either looking at human poop or a north american undiscovered primate poop yeah that would have been very interesting and to have a you know a big old log coming out of a human like that i don't i don't think that's possible (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a world record right there if if somebody had passed that if a man had passed that i think i would have heard them here at my house (laughs) (laughs) uh so let's talk about um during the same expedition you were you you found some tracks on the shore and uh it was kind of hard to tell exactly what they were because water had obviously rushed up over them with the tide and everything but then you followed you followed that area into the tree line you found something really cool let's talk about that yeah so i think it was kind of towards the end of the expedition uh or maybe the second day i don't i don't remember uh we had uh, put in on this little kind of a, a, a rocky a soft rock you know beach and we could see uh, indentations, you know, disturbance in the, in the, in the rocks there on the beach. And, uh, we get out and it looked like something had walked down to the beach and then turned around and walked back into the tree line. And, uh, you know, I'm following that. I couldn't tell what it was. I couldn't tell, um, if it was animal or human or Bigfoot. I just couldn't tell what it was. I could just see that something had walked around the beach there. Mm -hmm. And I started following it back up into the tree line and once we got into the tree line a little bit, the ground there is really not good for tracks. It's really soft and mossy and spongy. And um, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, you, you can, you know, I'm a big guy and I'm like jumping up and down and you can't hear me. You know, you could really mm-hmm. sneak up on somebody in some, in some terrain like that. And uh, I'm looking down and I come up on this area where 
it just, it looks like a, a human footprint kind of pressed into the moss a little bit. And I was like, holy crap. And I measured, I think it was about 14 inches or so. Uh, I had the other guys, I'm like, come here, come here, look at this. And it was kind of, it was almost like a Rorschach test. It was like some of the guys looked down and were like, holy crap. And other, uh, other people were there like, I don't see it. Where is it? And then kind of like when I would point it out, they'd be like, oh, okay, now I see it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a great track. It wasn't pressed far enough into the moss for uh, that we could have cast it. But it was a pretty human-shaped 14-inch track. I mean, I guess it's possible maybe it could have been like a double-step bear track. Uh, it, there wasn't enough definition to it to tell, but, um, it kind of, you know, that plus the legends around the place and some of the mm-hmm. stuff that we'd experienced up to that point, uh, it really kind of put me on edge as to where like, man, there could be really something to this. This is a pretty impressive looking footprint. Jake, I sent you that picture yesterday. Yeah, it was nuts. It reminded me of that one that I, I sent you a picture of when I was over in Dinky Creek. On yeah. Camping trip. Like we we were doing a camping trip and it was all night, just the tree knocks and yelling and the people in the next campsite over maybe half a mile away. Um, Cause it was kind of like get in there and, and take up your spot. Really, really wooded area It was really pretty, but um, they were up there blasting their music, screaming and shooting guns and getting all wild and stuff like that. And then all these crazy tree knocks start happening and then really loud yells. And then everyone up there just shut the heck up. <laughs> <laughs> they all turned off their music and they were just like like what the heck is that right and it was just hours of this just going and going and going i don't think i took a single breath the entire time that was fun <laughs> and then uh you know i talked this big game of, oh i'm not scared of nothing yeah no i was uh <laughs> if i had to go i'd be filling up my pants but uh we uh, we ended up waking up the next morning all all the adults were all talking about it it was uh my my older brother and all of his friends he grew up with so everyone's all talking about it and unfortunately, we had a bunch of kids with us, and so everything up there is really dusty, and so it's great for leaving footprints. But the kids up there are just running around, kicking all the dirt everywhere and whatever, so you, you can't get a clear print of anything except for little little shoes, right? Um, but behind my tent was just this monster bear footprint, right? And uh, not, not bear, but bear, right? <laughs> yeah, human footprint. Man, man it's big, right? And I, I took a picture of it. And I waited until we got down into Shaver Lake where we actually had cell phone signal. I sent it to Jeremy. I was like, dude, check this out. And then on the other side of that, in the direction of travel, it was it had gone through this dirt pit where all the kids were kicking up everything, right? So I was like, well, that would have been nice. And then in the direction of travel on the other side of that was where the, the dust stopped and it was pretty heavy pine needles and stuff. And then it just kind of went through there. And it was like, well, but it was the only one. And I sent him this this picture, and he was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> I was like, and I, I tell him what was going on and everything like that. I was like, "It's my first not seeing something, but first experience hearing something like that." It was pretty wild, and I was just like, "All right, maybe there's something to all your crazy claims." You know? <laughs> yeah, was, I immediately bought him a casting kit and sent it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I looked at that picture. He sent me that picture, and I was just like, "Man, that looks just like what I saw," you know is it's crazy it's just like yeah i guess it's possible that as a guy was running around barefoot with you know 14 or 16 inch feet like i i knew a kid in high school that had monster feet like that but he was also six nine right <laughs> i was yeah. like i was like but how many people are there especially in the middle of nowhere just walking around not uh not many without a ton of hair all over their body. yeah right but no and, larry and this is this is tarsal breaks and whatnot 
yeah, this is an <laughs> awesome picture. I mean, you look at this, and yeah, like you said, it could possibly be one of those double prints from Bears, but you could you could tell how the depth gets gets deeper as it gets to right where the hinge of the toes meet, like that really fatty part of the foot. Yeah, you know. Well, it seems like it's you know bears kind of have almost like a like a triangle shaped foot you know yeah like that and this looks almost more like human where the toes are structured you know at an angle right um it's clearly a right foot yeah yeah no this is nuts i actually i use this on the thumbnail for the episode so if anybody's listening to this right now and they can see the thumbnail of the show or of this episode it is the picture on the bottom left Larry, I'll, have to, I'll send it to you. I yeah. use all your pictures for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> all the had, pictures. We had some strange, like, there was, we're walking through and there's just uh, blueberries everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, uh, and it was kind of, it was kind of weird how we were walking through this area and there's these blueberry bushes that have obviously just been massacred by bears. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're empty blueberry. Maybe there's a blueberry here or there you know, bear poop all over the place. You know, we certainly found some bear poop. Definitely. I mean, you know, no, like that's bear poop. (laughs) No question. (laughs) And all these berry bushes are just almost picked clean. And then it was kind of weird because it was almost like we went through this invisible barrier and there's just full berry bushes with no, no, nothing taken off. You know, Hmm. Uh, we actually were walking, we were walking by and, you know, eating as we're walking, you know, like right off the, the bush, you know, and that area, there were no bear tracks, no bear poop. The bushes hadn't been touched. Uh, and I said later on, I was like, man, it's almost like we passed through this invisible barrier where the bears don't go. And uh, there's one of my favorite Bigfoot stories. Uh, it's more of an anecdote than anything. It's in Raincoat Sasquatch by Robert Alley. If you hadn't read that, you need to check it out. I just ordered it. <clears throat> where there's a gentleman on a boat and he's staring at a shoreline and he sees uh, a bear walk out on a huge brown bear walk out on the beach stop sniff turn around walk back and then on the other side of the beach like stage left you know he sees a bigfoot walk down the beach the bigfoot stops sniffs the air turns around walks back almost like the bear and the bigfoot were like oh no you know we're gonna yeah. avoid each other and ever since i read that story and then my experience in port chatham with the the invisible barrier where the, the berries get eaten over here and not over here. I've always wondered, I've always had the theory that maybe just, they just respect each other's territory and they don't really, there's a line they're not going to cross. They're not going to go over there and eat those berries. Cause maybe that's Bigfoot's territory. I, I don't know. It's gotta be a pretty, pretty <clears throat> even fight between the two of them. You, they'd probably, you know, they probably learned the hard way a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a ton of interactions between them that turn violent. I think most of the time they probably just go the other way. Cause it's not worth the expenditure of energy for either party, unless they're really hurting for a meal or something. Yeah. So let's talk about this infrared hit. That's pretty interesting, man. <clears throat> so that was not too far from where we found the track. Uh, that was the area that Steven, you know, Steven, he, he's, he's dramatic. He like he liked to give these places cause we're in Port Chatham, but we don't know what the, you know, like we'll go to these various places and we're like, well, what do we call this area over here? And Steven was really good about like, we'll call this the Valley of Death, you know? He's, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so he, he, for whatever reason, I don't even think it was a valley. 
uh, he liked to call that area the Valley of Death, where we found the track, and then you know we got the thermal hit. You know, we, that, he's like, that's a lot of there's stuff going on over there. We'll call that the Valley of Death. So this was in that same area, uh, and we're walking along, and uh, I was walking with uh, the female in the party, and she she stopped and she's like, man, I feel like we're being watched. And I was like, yeah, I kind of feel a little weird too. Cause the whole time I'm there, like I've got a pretty good vibe going on. Like it's creepy and it's, it's spooky. It's kind of like, you know, Jurassic park, mm-hmm. but I was never like, Oh, I'm scared. You know, <laughs> like I, I never uh, really got creeped out too bad. Uh, just, it was just like walking through, you know, a, a normal dark forest, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so I pull out my thermal, uh, I had a, a FLIR Scout, <clears throat> which is like the cheap, at the time, it was like the cheapest thermal you could buy. And it's supposed to have a range of like a hundred yards. And I can assure you it does not. Um, <laughs> and I'm scanning this tree line <clears throat> and I see I had black, you know, I like black is hot. I know some people go the opposite way and they want uh, yeah, yeah. red hot or uh, red hot or white hot, but I, I like black hot <clears throat> and I'm scanning and I see this figure uh, just in, inside the tree line uh, kind of doing this. It's raising its arms up and down. And it looks, uh, the, you know, it's a black silhouette. That's all I can see of it. And it looks, uh, I swear to God, it looks like Donkey Kong, <laughs> the, awesome. the video game character. <clears throat> and, you know, it... it it's one, they call it the curse of Bigfoot, you know, like we're there, we, we are there because of the stories about Bigfoot. Like we're there to do a documentary called in search of the Port Chatham Mary man. We're looking for Bigfoot. I look through my thermal scope. I see something that looks like a gorilla. And what do I do? I go, do you see that? And hand the thermal scope off to somebody else. And I think I, I handed it to toad. And, you know, he was a younger kid. He was like in his early twenties, I think at this time, or maybe not even. And I'm like, look over there. What do you see? And he looks through the thermal uh, unit and he goes, it looks like a dude. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, right. And I can't see anything with my naked eye. I just, it's kind of, it's kind of getting late in the evening. I think it was filmed about 6.30 PM, something like that. I think the timestamps on the, the video. And, uh, of course at this time, you know, Toad still has my thermal. I think maybe he passes it to Reed or, or, um, somebody else. I, I don't remember. And then finally it makes its way back to me. Well then by that time I'm like, maybe just maybe I should hit record and document <laughs> this. So I put it back up to my eye. It's still there, but it's, it's not as, uh, defined. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's moving back. You know, it's like kind of receding into the tree yeah. line. So I hit record. I film, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds of it. Uh, you can't really make out arms or, or, or legs or a head anymore, but you can kind of see like, okay, it looks like maybe a torso sitting on some legs. Uh, it does kind of maybe like move to one side and uh, the, the ground, you know, it's not like where I could just start like walking towards it. I had to stop looking through the thermal and walk um, mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did. We started walking towards it. You know, it was almost like one of those Ghostbuster, you know, like get her, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, there it is. What do we do? <laughs> uh, so we start walking towards it and I had to, to look away. Uh, to, so I wouldn't fall or trip over like a, a branch or something. You saw the terrain, you know, that yeah. we're walking through there. And 
I, I eventually, you know, I would look back to try and see it again. And uh, as soon as we started moving towards it, it disappeared. Uh, and I don't mean disappeared like poof. I mean, yeah. just, I looked away, stepped over some oh, was uh, out. Yeah. debris, looked back, could not find it. Um, and that was, that's the, the story of the Port Chatham thermal footage. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, if I, I say to this day, if I would hit record, as soon as I saw it, uh, it would probably be the best thermal footage probably ever recorded. Um, but you know, it's the curse of Bigfoot. You know, I, I guess if, if we, uh, if everybody that had a camera or, uh, you know, a, a thermal hit record when they were supposed to, this would have been over a long time ago. Long time <laughs> uh, ago. <laughs> so all I got was a blob squatch and, you know, I, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, sure. That's what happened. But I mean, you know, I just telling you what happened, man. I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, all that's right. what happened. I get it all the time, man. I had uh, the the whole reason why I'm into all this is because when I was nine years old, I saw something in the woods that that you know when I was nine did, had zero fucking clue what it was. Turns out the the best way to define it is a Bigfoot. Uh, it wasn't as big as like what they explain you know now as like these ten foot behemoths. You know, I think this was probably like five or six feet tall. Uh, but again, I was I was nine, so my I can't tell you exactly, but um, yeah. I I used to get it all the time. I still get it. Still get it sometimes. But you know, yeah, it's, I tell it, it Jeremy's is full of crap every day. <laughs> You're full of crap. You're a nine. You can't remember that far back. <laughs> I, I do. I do, man. I do. And and the funny thing is, is we were talking about it yesterday during the recording. Is that that story about the moose? That that's very similar to what I saw, like in real life. But I saw it with a deer. Um. So I, I purposely included that in the episode yesterday because because of my story. But um, enough about me. Right as you're wrapping up this first expedition into the Port Chatham, Port Lock area, you, you're going to retrieve your cameras from Death Valley, and you get a call over the radio from Stephen. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Stephen, <clears throat> we'd actually separated a little bit, and it was in the that area where I got the thermal hit the day before, not, not that exact area, but I mean, close enough, you know, within like a few, like a minute or two walking distance. And I was walking toward the camera and Steven comes over to the radio. He's like, man, I swear I just saw something walk between two trees. And so we start heading towards Steven. I, I didn't kind of, I didn't realize it at the time, but basically the direction we were walking was the direction that the thing he saw was walking. So like, Oh yeah. We could have potentially walked into it. Uh, we didn't, <clears throat> but, uh, we didn't know it. You know, it's one of those things where we were walking right, you know, like it would have been great. I guess, hopefully if it, you know, didn't try and kill us, it would have been <laughs> great. Uh, but yeah, he said he saw something. Uh, it was, he said, described it as, um, it was tall. It was white. Like, um, I don't know if he meant like white, like albino or white, like, uh, you know, how rabbits turn white in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said it had like, um, almost like a, a mohawk, but I mean, he just saw it for like one Mississippi. Is it like went in between mm-hmm. two trees, you know? And, uh, like I said, we were walking in the direction, the same direction it was, it was coming in and, uh, we didn't, we didn't see it. Uh, we didn't hear anything. Of course, this isn't terrain where you're just like walking along, like la, 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 la. You're stepping over trees. You're walking around trees. You're ducking under branches. You know, you're stepping in holes and having to like, Oh, you know, like step out. It's, it's very unforgiving terrain. It's not like you're just out for a stroll, you know, uh, 
down a trail. There's no trails. You're just, this isn't Kentucky. Getting, yeah. <laughs> you're getting by the best you can. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of crawling. Sometimes you got to crawl under trees. You got to crawl, crawl over trees. And, um, you know, anything that was coming towards us would have easily hurt us before it saw us and had time to hide or go in a different direction. Uh, so I'm a little jealous that Steven saw something and I didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, that's the way it goes. Of course, he didn't get footage of what he saw either. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's how it goes, which I don't think, I don't even, I'm not even sure if Steven had a camera. I think he had a GoPro on him, but I don't think it was on at the time. And, um, yeah, that was kind of like that. That was it. That kind of culminated the, the expedition where we're like, we're running out of time. Uh, Steven was paying for the boat. I think it was like a couple of grand every night we were there. Jeez. And, uh, that's, and that's, you know, that's part of the, the challenge. Uh, you know, I'm here, I'm 40 miles away from Port Chatham for me to get, I don't own a boat. So for me to get there, I could probably fly to Hawaii and back and a couple of times, uh, for <laughs> what it would cost for me to get a decent, a decent boat out there that could carry all my stuff and would be willing to take me out there and wait for me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you just wait until this show gets really, really big. We'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, give us ten years, an easy um, ten years. We'll do it. So when I when I heard that right, the 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 mohawk thing, the first thing I thought about was a sagittal crest, and I was I was like, hmm, I wonder if he if he did see something because there are some reports of Sasquatch being seen white. Um, no, no telling whether or not it's due to the age of it or if they just naturally come white in some yeah. cases. Well, I, I do have a little postscript to that. Um, so there, there's two villages, uh, not, not close to Port, near Port Chatham, yeah. uh, Nanwalek and Port Graham. And after this happened, after um, our expedition, uh, I started talking to some of the people uh, over there in the villages and I did hear uh, that there had been a white Bigfoot or Nantanok, as they call it, a white Nantanok seen near uh, Nan Wallach. So, wow. Yeah. That's insane. <clears throat> That's crazy, man. Did you? Uh, it, it scares the shit out of me just thinking about me being a nine year, nine year old kid as close as I was to one. But I mean, e even as a full grown adult, if I'm if I'm seeing one and I just just barely see it just a little bit you know and it's one of the monsters that are said to be in the northwest you know i don't know just terrifying absolutely terrifying. that's why he wants to go over to port Lock i do, do an expedition <laughs> i yeah. do well you know, i mean that's my ultimate goal is i want to see one with my with my own eyes and right i get every once in a while i'll get somebody that, that'll be like well be careful what you wish for and you know you might just get what you want and usually people that have maybe had like violent or scary encounters. And right. Uh, you know, my response to that is like, you know, people jump out of airplanes for fun, right? <laughs> like, th this is no different. I just want to, you know, I just want to see it. And if it's, if it's a little dangerous, it's a little dangerous. Yeah. Everyone likes their own, own drugs, right? Yeah. I'm not going to jump out of a plane, but I'll go in the woods and look for Bigfoot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man, where was I going with that? I can't remember. Anyways. Uh, so, that pretty much wraps up the first expedition. Did I miss anything there? Um, let's see. I told you we heard the the thumping. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, we found the uh, the tracks. Uh, Mary Beth saw the the tree peeker. Uh, 
I think I think that's about it. We you know I got the the thermal footage. Uh, you know, it was it was a kind of a whirlwind trip. Um, again, we were just going in there. We didn't really know what to expect. Um, again, I wasn't even I, like when I first found out we were going out there. I thought I, I think I even brought like a tent and some like camping equipment because I thought we were going to be staying mm. on the on the shore. I didn't realize that Stephen was going to have a stay on the boat. Um, so, you know, I was, I was all for it. I was like, hell yeah. You know, like I'll stay, I'll sleep out here at night. Um, but, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out that way. Uh, and we've always said like, well, the next time we go out, we're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to set up a camp and we're going to take enough people to where we can have, uh, like a fire guard up and, and, you know, somebody's up all night, keep mm-hmm. an eye on things. So that kind of leads into the second expedition where you brought this crew with you and you originally thought that you were going to be the one sleeping on shore uh, because you kind of were the odd man out. You were, you were kind of a, a veteran with sleeping outdoors, going through your training and, and whatnot in the, in the military. Uh, so you're going to kind of take one for the team and you end up uh, taking a cot on the boat. Um, but that, that expedition was mostly due to the other camera was a little less, it didn't have as as many encounters uh or or like really really big moments except for one there it, was one it, really good one it was a little slow uh and i think it it either it was either because of the amount i think because we, we had more people uh that production team i think there was at least 5 of them maybe maybe there was 6 of them i don't remember there was a i mean it's you're walking through the woods with like six, seven people, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a circus, no matter how quiet you're trying to be. <laughs> um, and then there, you know, there was the, okay, uh, we got this shot. Uh, can you do it one more time? You know? And then, you know, we're like walking, it's pouring rain. We're walking down the beach and they just keep having us walk back and forth on the beach, you know? And it was kind of cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm filming a TV show. But at the same time, I'm like, I would much rather be in the woods looking for Bigfoot. This is not doing us any good at all. You know? <laughs> so that was kind of my first brush with like filming a TV show. And the weather uh, was really, I think a factor in this, in this expedition. Uh, we, well, Stephen, uh, Adam, Adam Davies, world explorer. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, Adam and I were going to sleep on the shore. All three of us were. And then the camera crew was going to sleep on the boat. Uh, but the weather actually turned so, so sour that we decided to sleep on the boat as well. Actually, the captain was like, you guys should probably sleep on the boat because it's going to get pretty shitty. And um, <clears throat> it was kind of weird because uh, we would be on the boat and the weather would would start to clear up and we'd be like, okay, now we can go ashore and like do our filming or whatever we need to do. And as soon as we started getting our gear on, like, like the weather would like turn sour again. And we kind of started joking, like, oh, something doesn't want us here. You know, like this is, right. you know, like this is the curse of poor Chad on It doesn't want to. And it was kind of a joke at first. But then by the time I mean, we were there for like three or four days, by the time we left, I was like, there might be something to this, guys. <laughs> like it was it was so consistent and repeatable. Literally, every time we went to go off the boat, the weather would get considerably worse. And I thought I was going to die at one point because we're in this little Zodiac, like a little inflatable boat. Well, you yep. guys are Navy, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> we're just <laughs> trying to get back to the boat. And uh, if my fat ass hadn't been, like, on the front of that thing, I think it would have went over because it was bad. And uh, 
I actually told my wife when I cut back, I was like, I almost died. (laughs) It was was pretty scary, which I'm not a boat guy. I'm not a strong swimmer. Mm. Uh, Definitely wouldn't catch me in the Navy. Then, um, so every time we had to get from the boat to the shore was always a little, uh, a little extra terrifying for me. There's people in the Navy that can't swim. I can really swim. My dad was in the Navy. Yeah. My dad was in the Navy. He can't swim. He couldn't swim. What'd your dad do? I don't know. Uh, he was in Vietnam. He was on a supply ship. Um, Oh, okay. I've got a, a shadow box upstairs that's got his stuff in it. I'll take a picture of it, send it to you. You can you oh, can sweet. tell me what he did. I think he was a boiler, yeah. he was a boiler maker or boiler boiler um, man, boiler uh, working in the engine room. Type yeah, of sounds like a machinist mate, right? So, something. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not a boat guy. I'm an aviation guy. That's I ain't, true, no, true, I ain't true. no boat donkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So let's talk about the the big event man let's talk about your uh your your sighting of something in a tree so this one's a little weird <clears throat> um you know i'm not really a woo guy i don't uh i don't think that bigfoot is is uh can walk through portals or you know i think probably they might be able to like camouflage really well mm. um i think a lot of times when people say like oh it just disappeared it should have i think probably like like well did you look did you look up in a tree or maybe it just laid down, you know, like there's mm-hmm. there, you know, but this was something I can't really explain. <clears throat> it's probably the second strangest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, we're in that structure, that little building, the rural red cabin on the front of the book. Um, and we're in there and we're filming some like interviews and um, they were interviewing. I can't remember if it was Adam or Steven. Some, it was somebody else's turn. <clears throat> and I'm just kind of sitting towards the back of that little, that little cabin there and it's raining. So we're all in there trying to stay dry and I'm looking, I'm just watching the tree line and just listening and trying to be quiet so they can film, excuse me. And, uh, I saw, I was looking up in a, in a, a pine tree, a fir tree and it looked almost kind of like, um, I'm not sure if it was just like a big drop of water or if it was kind of something like what do they they call like the glimmer man, you know, like a translucent thing. And it just kind of seemed like it dropped down from like one branch kind of like down. And uh, again, it's one of those things where that happened. And I'm like, did I, did I, it didn't have a, it didn't look like a man. It was just a big like shape. And uh, it's one of those things where that happened. And I was like, did that just happen? What was that? You know, you don't, I didn't trust my lion eyes, you know, I'm like, huh, yeah. that's kind of weird. And it was, you know, it had been raining and it wasn't, it wasn't windy, uh, maybe a little wind, but not enough to like move that branch the way I saw it move. And then I'm trying to rationalize it. I'm like, well, maybe there was some water pulled up above that branch somehow. And it all come down at once. And, you know, I'm trying to like figure this out. I'm trying to work it out in my brain. <clears throat> and um i didn't say anything because i wasn't sure what if anything i'd seen uh i didn't want to interrupt the filming it was just one of those huh that's a thing what was that you know was that something i don't think it was and eventually it's my time to like sit down and be interviewed and i'm sitting there and i'm talking and steve it's steven's turn to sit in the back of the cabin and stare out there well at that point like i hear him i hear him like rack a shotgun and he's like something's fucking out there guys i just heard some growling <laughs> <laughs> and so we all like 
kind of like shuffle up there and we're all like looking at part like the three stooges you know like all trying to look out this one little window and uh none of us were like let's go see what it is <laughs> so uh yeah that was kind of the big thing and that happened right toward the end right i think that was kind of one of the last things we did before we left uh and again you know like we were you know we, we were uh speculating like man maybe something just doesn't want us here and maybe that was kind of like the you know the final straw like if these guys don't get out of here <laughs> yeah yeah we've we've interviewed a few uh guys that are that are really into the bigfoot woo side of things uh for the most notable probably being carter bushard i i have no problem with the woo side of it right absolutely not i think that you know they do their thing and i'll do mine um but i just i i find it hard to explain an unknown with another unknown yeah I, I don't think we should completely discount it and just be like, oh, no, it's BS. No, I agree. I but agree. Again, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to go and, and and go full like, well, it's a portal. You know, like I got to yeah. see a portal before I start saying there's portals. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I try not to bring up the topic, but the, the Facebook Bigfoot communities are just, Oh, did you see any red cir- wild red circles out there? In your <laughs> <laughs> the, it is so cringeworthy. It's, oh, anyways. Yeah. It's, I mean, I could go in my backyard, take a picture, post yeah. it in one of those oh, groups yeah. and be like, do you see it? And there'll be like a half a dozen people. Yep. yep it's a big one. It's right there. Yep. They'll <laughs> put know. their own, they'll put their own red circles over it and everything and yeah. send it back to you. Yeah. 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 No. Exactly. Oh, it's carrying a baby. I could take the, I could take a picture of the inside of my refrigerator and I'll still get a couple back. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of stay away from, I'm a member of some groups, but I kind of, I'm just a lurker pretty much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some bad experiences where somebody will post something that's obviously fake. I mean, if you go to Amazon, search Bigfoot costume, and then you see like the very first result with the, you know, that Bigfoot with a receding hairline, yeah. it's like a hundred dollar costume. Yeah. And there are people that post that all the time. Yeah. And I was just like, look, here's the link to the costume. That's a costume. And people were getting mad at me. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, if you don't believe, right. why are you even here? And I'm like, I don't know about you. I don't like to be lied to. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I don't like it when people pull hoodwinks and shenanigans on me. Uh, and I'm trying to help you out. But if that's the way, if you really want to believe, then go ahead. So I, I don't, I just really don't. If you somebody sends me a message or asks me what I think privately, uh, I'll have a discussion with them. But I don't publicly really like get involved and stuff like that anymore yeah i i i appreciate and i find it entertaining the woo side of things i like what they do you know if if you get a a solid researcher such as carter bushart he's 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 really good at what he does Uh, and he has some very very intriguing stories very very intriguing uh very interesting um and he he tells them very well i i appreciate what he does and with this craft, you you know, I just, I can't do it myself. Yeah. And I mean, I found like several times I found like one footprint in a place where I feel like maybe there should be more footprints. And I mean, I don't know what the explanation for that is. Uh, Maybe they were, maybe it was a flying Bigfoot. Maybe it went through a portal, maybe an alien, like picked them up. I don't know. But again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there until I see something that makes me, uh, until the evidence takes me in that direction. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. If, I mean, if I come across a a Bigfoot who's mind speaking to me right in the middle of the woods and I'm like, 
clear as day here in this. I could be easily swayed for sure. hundred percent, but it has to happen. Like you said. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So what else can you tell us about the area and the, and the not knock? Oh, the Nantanok. Um, well, that's, that's the, the local native uh, name for the hairy man or the Bushman or, um, Bigfoot. And they say, uh, there's some really cool uh, local native uh, legends and lore surrounding it. Uh, the The name Nantanok, it, they say it doesn't translate well. It says, you know, I've heard it means giant hairy thing. I've heard it means, um, you know, scary thing or, you know, terrible, you know, big, terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it means, you know, Bigfoot. Uh, so it doesn't really like, they don't, there's not like a literal translation to it. I don't think. And I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of ambiguous. It's almost like, we don't know what the hell it is either, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people in the Bigfoot community will say, you know, they'll be like, oh, the natives, you know, the natives know, uh, you know, what Bigfoot is. They know what Bigfoot is. And I always kind of like counter that argument. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think they, they really know what it is either. No more than we do. They have more awareness of it. Yeah. But as far as like they know what it is and where it came from and what its motivations are. I don't really think they do. Um, and that's not, you know, I'm not saying anything detracting about them or, or their culture or anything like that. I think it's just the truth. It's yeah. They, they have their theories and, and legends about what they are, but I don't think anybody really knows. And um, they, uh, they'll say he comes when the fog comes in. Uh, you know, they use them a lot in their, you know, don't go out in the woods when it's foggy. The Nantanak will get you, uh, you like know, kind of the, the, the folklore you see amongst, you know, we got to protect our women and children or, or the Nantanak's going to get them. Uh, you see that with a lot of different uh, native legends and, and well, just legends worldwide, really, with, you know, things in the water or things in the forest that are going to get get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another local tribe. <clears throat> uh, they have something called the Nantana. Uh which is very similar. And that translates in their language to the ones that steal us. So there you have something very much like Bigfoot that gets uh, accused of abduction, uh, which you hear a lot about with, you know, in the Bigfoot community, people saying that Bigfoot is responsible for the abduction or murder of people missing 411 stuff and stuff like that. Uh, That's also in this general area on the Kenai Peninsula. And so, you know, it's just something out that, uh, like I said, I don't, again, I don't think they really know what it is any more than we do, but they just have more awareness of it. It's a part of their culture. You know, they have their stories, uh, that they pass on. But, uh, again, you know, you, in my experiences talking with them, it's, it's pretty much 50, 50, uh, where they, some of them will believe it or they've had an encounter. And then the other ones are just like, no, nah, there's no such thing. It's just a boogeyman story. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Yeah, the first thing that pops in my mind, you know, when you hear about Bigfoot and, and kidnapping, obviously, is the Oliver Osman story. Eventually, one day, we're going to cover that, Jake. <laughs> We've been talking about it for three years now. Um, I'm sure the, the listeners would love to hear that story. It's absolutely awesome. Um, oh, where he gets rolled up in a sleeping bag and stuff. and Yeah, he feeds the Bigfoot a yeah. uh, bunch of chew. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> love it. Um, so... As I was wrapping up your book, I found that you have a couple others, a couple other books out there. Um, I are 
I haven't ordered it yet. It's on my list of things to order, but I've I uh the the Bigfoot or Squatch Cop, right? Yeah. Uh that's something I'm gonna go ahead and grab. Uh and then you also have uh Alaskan cop stories. Right? Yes. Yep. I so have, oh, there's a oh cop there's... story one and there's Squatch Cop. Squatch Cop. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. No, I'm definitely grabbing the Squatch Cop one for sure. Uh, so that just leads me to believe that you have other things to talk about other than Port Chad and Port Lock, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been, uh, several places looking for Bigfoot. I, um, you know, like I said, I've had an interesting life. Um, one of my favorite store, again, it's almost, I, I guess you could say it's a woo story, Ooh. uh, is when I was in Eastern Washington. Uh, I've told this story a few times. Uh, we were, uh, again, I was with Steven. Uh, maybe I need to stay away from Steven because it seems like weird, <laughs> weird shit happens when I'm like hanging out with him. Um, we were in Eastern Washington and we were filming uh, Bigfoot encounters of the Pacific Northwest. And we were in this area that was just, it, it was uh, Jake. It was almost like the campground you were at where there's like, there's knocks and screams. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just stuff going on. Like we're awesome. unloading the vehicle to set up camp <laughs> and there's like knocks on the hill in front of the campsite, you know? Or, oh, that's sick. Yeah. And it was going, it went on like almost all weekend. And, uh, I was kind of, we, it was the last night and I was kind of like, man, like I want to see something. Why, you know, Mm -hmm. and we walked up this logging road and it was still, it was still, it was like, it was getting uh, to be dusk. It wasn't dark. Um, and we walked up this logging road and we turned around, we were walking back and I was like, you know, I'm going to let them. I'm going to let the group get ahead of me and I'm going to follow behind by myself a little ways. And, um, cause I'm like, if something's following us, mm. you know, maybe I can catch up or it'll catch up to me. Uh, plus I had to, I had to take a leak, you know, and I was like, well, you guys go ahead. I'll be, I'll be along here in a couple minutes. And at the time I'm thinking like, I just want to see what's going on. I want to see if there's anything following us. I want, you know, I think this will be my best chance if I'm not with a large group to see something. I'm not thinking like, this is exactly how like every missing 401 story starts. (laughs) Yeah. So they, I let them get ahead. I wait a couple of minutes. Uh, I take a leak on the side of the road and I say road. I mean, it's, it's not in use. It's, it's old logging road. And uh, I've got my back to the tree line and I'm, I've got my thermal, the same thermal I had in Port Chow. And uh, I'm, maybe it's the thermal not steven that's causes all this weird shit to happen and i'm uh thurman the the other the other side of the road and i'm just chilling and uh behind me i mean it sounds like it's like at my ear level probably four or five feet behind me i hear whoa like a whisper Mm -hmm. and it was just like four or five syllables you know uh couldn't make out what it said or if it was even words, uh, spin around, look, don't see anything, uh, throw up the therm, therm, don't see anything. Uh, looking back on it, I, I did, I never looked up. So oh. I, I don't know. Just take you know, that for what it's worth. They, um, they, they say that one of the biggest mistakes that, uh, Bigfoot researchers going on expeditions do is that they don't look up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never, never looked up. Um, but I, I mean, it sounded like it was right behind me. Uh, so I look firm and I mean, it was thick forest, but to, from where it sounded, I mean, you know, acoustics are weird, but it sounded like it should have been like right there. 
and I'm, I'm looking, 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 and I just have this weird, like, I mean, it was like somebody flipped a switch and I'm like scared. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I've been in the military, uh, you know, I've been a police officer, you know, and I'm not bragging. I just, I've been in situ, I've been in some shit, you know, like I've been in right. situations where I was like, Oh, this might be it for beans, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm not, I'm used to being in stressful situations. So to just have that happen, just where I was like, Ooh, I'm scared. Uh, it was kind of weird. It, it was like an unnatural fear. And I don't know if that was just my body's reaction. Like I've never been in a situation. I have no frame of reference for this. You know, if it was a guy with a knife or a gun, Hey, we can handle that. We know what to do. This is something completely different. So I don't know if it was that or if it was something else. I don't know if I got like zapped or something with mm-hmm. infrasound. So not seeing anything. Uh, I start heading down the road. I don't run, but I, I quickly catch up with the, the group. Uh, and I tell them what happened. And I'm trying to rationalize like, well, you know, I did have my backpack on. Maybe my water bottle. I had a plastic water bottle back there. Maybe somehow it got jostled and it like release some air or mm-hmm. something. I'm trying to like figure out what happened. I'm trying to deduce what the sound was I heard. So I'm, I'm like pulling my water bottle out and squeezing it and it's airtight. Nothing's coming out of there. I can't figure it out. Still have this irrational fear. <clears throat> we get in a truck, drive back to the campsite. It was our last night there. Um, still scared, get to the campsite, still scared. Um, eventually everybody, but me and Will Ulmer, Will Ulmer is, uh, Craftsman 58 on YouTube. He's a, he's a solid dude. He's a good researcher. Um, we stay up and Will's like, you know, I feel a little uneasy too. He goes, and I don't know if he was feeding off of me or mm-hmm. if he actually, you know, like if he had reasons to be uneasy, but I was like, I feel like something's going to happen tonight. And he's like, I do too. And we're sitting by the fire. We fed the fire all night long. And I just kept having this. I felt like whatever I was scared of was like over here on this hill. Like I kept thinking like the Bigfoot, we're going to come over that hill, like the Zulu nation and just massacre us. <laughs> and finally, you know, we sat around the campfire. I had my, I had a pistol. Will had a shotgun. And finally about three o'clock in the morning, we hear this boom. And it wasn't a gunshot. It wasn't a tree knock. It was just this big boom. And Will looks at me and he goes, is it just me or the atmosphere just change?" And I'm like, dude, I'm not scared. Any- I mean, it was like somebody flipped a switch and I wasn't scared anymore. Was it winter? No, it was, uh, it was about this time of year. It was kind of like August, September-ish. You and, said this was in Washington? Yeah. Huh. And um, uh, like I said, it was like somebody flipped a switch. I wasn't scared anymore. I was like, huh, well, I guess I'll go to bed now and get some sleep because I had to drive everybody out of there the next day. And uh, I went and got in my tent and went to sleep. But uh, that's the strangest thing I think it's ever happened. That was number one. Uh, number yeah. two was the thing on Port Chatham with the in the tree, but that was the number one weirdest, like most unexplainable things that wrapped to me. That's and nice. I don't know if it was Bigfoot related. I don't know if it was my mind tra- playing tricks on me. I, I don't know what it was, but it was freaky as hell. Well, the zapping phenomenon that is something that gets reported quite a bit, especially within the woo community. Yeah. Uh, I do know a couple flesh and blooders that that you know will say that they can zap. And I mean, yeah. that's, you know, psychic well, phenomenon right there. Ti- well, tigers and, and elephants can use infrasound. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not beyond, you know, it's not woo. I mean, it is woo, but it's not woo. It's, it's a actual, actual thing. Right. It's just outside of our, our abilities to, to, to recognize and, and properly translate it, you yeah. know, 
into useful information. And, you know, there's mountain lions there too. I don't know if mountain lions can use it or not, but if tigers can, maybe mountain lions can. Um, Good possibility. And we had seen some mountain lion tracks earlier in a, our trek up that hill. Well, actually, it was kind of weird. We saw tracks of every, like, animal. we saw moose tracks, elk tracks, bear tracks, deer tracks, turkey tracks. <laughs> um, I know I'm leaving something out. Like, we literally saw every animal that lived in those woods, we saw their tracks on that road. And I remember we found the mountain lion tracks, and I'm like, what are those? And Will's like, that's a mountain lion. And I remember thinking, like, oh, I don't know how to deal with mountain lions like, <laughs> moose and bear i'm good with but i don't know anything about mountain lions uh, that's a little weird kitty cats are scary man yeah jake you got anything man you were exploring in like a hunting guide's dream <laughs> all those tracks <laughs> in one spot it's like let's go <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy because we were all like and they were all going in one direction they were so we're walking up huh. to this logging road was kind of like right. up a hill and all those tracks were going down the hill oh mm. And that was kind of weird. We're like, was there like some kind of mass migration or something yeah. chasing everything down this hill? Here's your sign. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was probably that was probably a good indication that we should have turned around. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you didn't. You, you probably had that experience because you didn't. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've been back to that area. Um, not that exact same area, but the same general like camp camping area. And uh, they they've logged it. They've started logging it. Yeah. So it's just, it's just not the same. Um, mm. And actually, you know, cause I live in Alaska, there's plenty of room up here. You know, I'm not one of those guys that's like, we have to, you know, we have to protect the Bigfoot before they're all gone. Cause they've got plenty of room up here. Right. Uh, but being down there and seeing that, it was kind of like, Oh, this is not good. Like if they're in there, they're going somewhere else now, or they're going to die. Like that was kind of, mm. kind of made me a little sad. Um, all that area that we had been researching and, uh, for that documentary is, is gone now. It's all been logged. And that sucks. Um, I didn't last time I was there and I wanted to go back there cause I wanted, and I wanted to spend the night there by myself. Uh, cause I wanted to kind of like face my fears. Cause I'd never really been scared like that before. And I was like, I got to go back and I got to spend the night by myself. And, uh, I did it and, and it was fine. Um, nothing happened. Although one of the nights while I was out there, uh, I did hear some wolves off in the distance uh, but nice. no, nothing squatchy. But again, they they come in and start logging, so they were probably long gone by then. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's funny that you mentioned the uh, the missing four one one. It's like it's like yeah, I saw Larry back there taking a leak, and now it's just his jacket. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets snatched, <laughs> just yeah. taken in. So, some of those cases are so weird because oh yeah, you just hear about like oh yeah, he's right there, and then you turn around, he's gone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Man, great stuff. Yeah, Jeremy, as it it's often the case, Jeremy read the book. He set the whole thing up right. He didn't actually allow me to know what the topic was because he wanted to surprise me with it yesterday, right, and get my opinions on it and then come over here and pretty yeah. much be the, um, the bystander, the layman in this conversation, right, just being reactionary and stuff and as questions come up. But, man, I'm going to have to snatch up your book and read it too, because I'm, I'm really like, this is cool. This is really cool. And I can see why Jeremy is so hyped up and he wants to go do it too. If, if we get the opportunity, yeah. I, uh, I wanted to commend you on your, on your comment you made about how, uh, Port Chatham doesn't fit the typical ghost town stereotype. Um, you know, usually you see like a town built up around a resource, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they deplete the resource and then the town's abandoned. Uh, Port Chatham definitely doesn't fit that mold. Uh, you right. know, the, the logging, the trees are still there. They could still yep. be logging. Uh, the fish were still there. They could still be mm-hmm. fishing. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that kind of um, maybe uh, adds to the mystique of the area is because right. it just doesn't fit the typical ghost town mold. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get people that, um, you know, they find out like, well, maybe, you know, the story wasn't quite like, it, you know, there's this Bigfoot massacre theory going on that the Bigfoot just murdered tons of people in the town. And once people find out that's not necessarily the, the truth, they're like, oh, well, then it's bullshit. You know, it's that, <laughs> you know, we've reached a point in our society where it has to be this way or it has to be this way. It can't be a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know, like right, right. maybe both sides have some good points. <laughs> um, and, yeah. you know, people find out like, oh, what? There was no, you know, there wasn't like tens of, of you know, hundreds of people murdered in this town. Well, that, then there's no Bigfoot. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, you know, all it takes is, you know, a couple of sightings and we've certainly got those, uh, right. you know, Bigfoot doesn't necessarily have to be a, a rampaging beast. Uh, although if there was a perfect storm for Bigfoot to become violent, I think it was in Port Chatham. You had the logging, you had the fishing, mm. they were taking the resources you're at the Southern tip of a peninsula. There's nowhere to go. Um, you know, it, it's certainly possible that they backed a big, the Bigfoot tribe family troop, whatever you want to call it into a corner. And there was some re- retaliation. Yeah. No, we, uh, gosh, we, we broke that whole thing down. In we did just that manner. Uh, and I was, my comment was, it's like, well, you know, because he had mentioned that there was a fire and all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, well, you know, both things can be true at the same time. There could be a fire. Uh, depending on the season, it's like, is it even worth trying to rebuild this right now? And then also having uh, either, a let's call it a couple, you know, issues, missing people, you know, a couple dead people type stuff whether that was a serial killer was just in the area and he's like blaming the Bigfoot or something like that. And, but then you had the, uh, the native legends surrounding that sort of stuff. So it would have kind of gravitated to people might've gravitated towards, you know, this idea that the Sasquatch were, were picking yeah. people off type stuff. I was like, either way you look at it, you know, like you just said, resources weren't gone. I was like, and this could have just been a, like, you know what? Screw it. I just, there, we just can't deal with it anymore. Like there is go. an article going around that just you know, grinds my gears. Cause there's this guy out there. That's like the reason Port Chatham was abandoned is because the road was built that connected Anchorage to Homer. And <laughs> that is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, if the road killed Port Chatham, then why do Seldovia, Nanwalik and Port Graham still exist? There's still three villages over there. Hey, we don't yeah. do logic here on this show. All right. Yeah. So, and <laughs> so, cool so why would the road kill one village, but not the other three? Uh, it's just, it's flawed logic. It's just, it's a guy that he's, I don't think he's ever been to Alaska and he's just like, I'll prove there's no Bigfoot. Oh, look, there was a highway built right around the time that town was abandoned. That must be it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been um some kind of movie or something made about it. Um, it would, it would make an amazing story. It would. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like there's not, there's not really that many good Bigfoot movies out there and this could be one. Uh, 
It definitely could be. I don't know that that one uh, uh, man came out a couple years ago. The man who killed Hitler and then killed the Bigfoot on Netflix. You ever seen that, Jake? What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not joking. That's the title of of the movie. It's on Netflix. You got to see it. It's Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a a little bit of a B movie. I want I want a high budget. I want a good like the Godzilla movies. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like the like the, the recent Godzilla movies with the monarch. I mean, you could do a spinoff from that with the monarch looking into Bigfoot. You know, it's kind of like Godzilla, only just a little smaller. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, it, I'm a big monster <clears throat> monster movie guy. Aliens and too. monsters, right? And I, I tell Jeremy all the time, it's like, gosh, they need more monster movies. It's like everyone wants to talk about the demons and all this crap and all the murders and everything. I want more monster movies. Yeah, you know, like if we could, for me, if it was, if it was a Bigfoot movie along the same lines of the last Wolfman movie that came out. Um, Have you seen Exist? No. Okay, Jake, you gotta you gotta watch Exist. It's in my opinion, which is not worth much. It's probably <laughs> it's the best modern Bigfoot movie. I gotta see which one it is because I've seen <clears throat> so many of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I've seen this. This is on uh, Amazon. Yeah, it's yep. really good. I've seen this. It is good. It yeah. is very good. Yep. It's it's kind of a found footage, uh, you know, Blair oh, yeah. Witchish type, but the the quality, the suit quality is amazing. Uh, you know, the Bigfoot looks really great. Uh, the story's pretty good. I mean, it's not Shakespeare, but yeah, I'll check it out. It's uh, it's all right, you know. It's dope. All right, Sci-Fi Channel, you hear this? We don't want you. We need, we need somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Well, there was that book that Max Brooks wrote, um, Devil Devolution or whatever it was. That was pretty good. And and they were gonna they were talking about making a movie and that into a movie. And then I think it um, I think it fell through or it got kind of like they're like, yeah, we're not gonna. We're not going to make this. We're going to make something else. Did you read that book? Yeah, I've got it back here. <clears throat> yeah, oh, man. I, I, it was I a can't... really slow start. Once it got going, it was good. But the. It's just, man, it's a. I read so many, so many fictional books about Bigfoot, too. Jarvis, remember here, it's either the one where they have like this little community. Yeah, Green Loop. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. That was yeah, a good one. I, I felt it was once it started going, it was good. Like yeah. the last like hundred pages, or no, probably not even that. Last seventy five pages were awesome, but get, building to that point was a little slow. I <laughs> think that they could make a better movie out of that than they did out of World War Z. I've never seen World War Z. I'm not zombie movies are okay, but they're not really my bad. Well, World War oh Z was God. originally a Max Brooks novel, uh, but the novel is nothing like the movie. It's I it, do know that. Yeah. yeah, the novel is just a whole bunch of like news clips and and articles and and you know that kind of stuff. Uh, hilarious. What's that? That that the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. <laughs> I was sitting here looking at it. I was like, is that Sam Elliott? And I clicked on it, went into the IMDb, and I was just like, holy crap, it's freaking Sam Elliott. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'll totally watch it. <laughs> you do. You gotta watch yeah. it. I watch it just for that mustache, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, good, good stuff, man. All right, so before we wrap up for the night, let's uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about you know what what can uh, the the listeners of the Infinite Rabbit Hole how can they 
find you talk about Alice Squatch, man. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. So I've got a little podcast. I, I don't have like a regular set schedule. I kind of put it out whenever I feel like it. Uh, you can listen to it on all the major podcatchers, Spotify, um, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, and you can go to the website. It's alasquatchpodcast.com. It's like Alaska and Sasquatch, A-L-A-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. Uh, you can go to the website. You can purchase my books. You can have them personalized and autographed if you buy them from the books. Uh, if that's not your thing, you can buy them from Amazon. I know a lot of people love Amazon for the free shipping. Uh, I live in Alaska. I cannot give you free shipping. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've got uh, the usual links. I've got the Instagram. I'm on the Facebook. I'm so old, the Facebook. Um, <laughs> I'm on the Twitter. Or no, X. X. Yeah, uh, I'm on X. Um, but uh, under everything, just Alaska Watch or Alaska Watch Podcast is pretty much what I'm under. Uh, I throw out, I think I'm one of the first Bigfoot memers. Uh, I make a lot of Bigfoot memes and nice. uh, throw them up on the on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so, some of it might hurt if you're if you're uh, sensitive, they might hurt your feelings a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I like to make fun of some of the stuff in the Bigfoot community that kind of kind of irritates me. Oh, um, we're there's love there's it. a there's one where I have the the dipper from uh, Gravity Falls where he like looks at a piece of paper and he goes that's this is worthless. Yeah, I, I have one where he's like it's like. Dear Bigfoot researcher, I know where Bigfoot is and I see him all the time. However, I can't offer you any proof because reasons. And then <laughs> Dipper's like, this is worthless. <laughs> because that drives me crazy where people are like, oh, I have the greatest footage of Bigfoot you've ever seen. It's better than the PG film, uh, but I can't show it to you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, well, don't even tell me about it. Bigfoot comes over every Friday night to play checkers with me, but you can't meet him because he yeah. said so. Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, we just we just followed you on everything. And uh also uh I subscribed to the the podcast. I'll give it a couple, I'll give it a listen, man. Awesome. For I'm sure. going to try and get one here out pretty soon. If you guys uh know Chuk, Chuk's Outdoor Adventures? Nope. Uh he's a he's I think he started out as like a gun tuber, like he does gun videos and stuff, yeah. and he's kind of started to get into like Bigfoot, and I was just hanging out with him the other day. We were filming some stuff, so uh those should be go up pretty soon. Cool, man. <clears throat> I'm, I'll look for it for sure. Uh Beans. By the way, how'd you get the nickname? Well, it's not a very exciting story. Uh, so when I was in like elementary school, the uh, Fox Network came out. There was uh, they had like Married with Children and uh, Twenty One Jump Street and a couple other shows. Well, one of those shows that they first rolled out with was called Beans Baxter. And it was about this kid. Uh, his dad was a spy, and he gets like kidnapped by the evil spy mm -hmm. organization. And the the spy network that he worked for, they recruit Beans, his son, to help find him. So Beans was like a teenage spy, and he was like looking for his dad. And his last name was Baxter, and my last name is Baxter. So people started calling me Beans, and it kind of stuck. And, and it didn't happens. help that my, my dad's name's Larry, and my name's Larry. So it was kind of a way to differentiate between us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so it just stuck, and it, it's just. I, it's like the dude, you know, like the big, it's right. like, I'm beans, you know, like I'm the beans. <laughs> people call me Larry and I'm like, who? Oh, you know? man. <laughs> well, yeah, man, awesome. uh, do you got anything else that you want to plug real quick? Uh, no, man. Just, uh, I hope everybody, uh, enjoyed our talk. You know, I love talking about Bigfoot in Alaska. It's two of my favorite things. Um, you know, just, uh, be careful, uh, what you consume out there in the, in the Bigfoot world. Cause there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of entertaining stuff, but there's a lot of stuff out there that, uh, they're just, uh, not uh, very honest with you. Couldn't have said it better. 
No. Jake, you got anything for him before we go? No, I'm just stoked to have you here. That was that was very entertaining. I appreciate it. And I Yeah. Yeah. It'd be All cool right. if we could get if we could get access to that area, but I'm not gonna hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't you know, mean doesn't mean we won't try yeah no, people we'll ask try. me all the time if i would go back and you know I, I say i don't have any plans to but if the right circumstances aligned you know i would do it but i don't really want to go back for like a day trip or something right. like if i want to if i'm going to go back i want to like do it right right go back with a, a good team and yep. you know a lot of resources and people and spend multiple days on the ground and just you know do it right Right on, man. Sure. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. That's you guys all. have That's a, a, do you guys have a do you do rabbit ears? Is it is that the Oh no is that the official is that the official rabbit hole? <laughs> is that the official rabbit hole handshake? You, you gotta make antlers, man. Yeah. It's the it's the the jackalope. We're not furries, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually not don't yet. we don't post the video. We don't post video. Yeah. Oh uh, we used to back when we were on the paranormal network. Uh, we got, we got recruited by the paranormal network back when that was a thing. Um, and we used to do the video, but we haven't really done it since, uh, this is just so that we're not cutting each other off. We can get those. No, I, I completely understand. I, I always like to do video, right? Cause yeah. you can never like, you end up talking over people when you can't see them. Exactly. You know, if you want to say something, you could be like, I, I got something to say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Shake, raise your hand. But yeah, no, I, I completely understand. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the infinite rabbit hole podcast. Until next time, travelers, we'll see you in the next fork in the path of the infinite rabbit hole. Goodbye. Bye. There you go. Say bye. Bye. There it is. <laughs> I would like to thank you once again for tuning in to the infinite rabbit hole podcast. Please make sure to give us a follow and one of those beautiful five star ratings on your podcast player of choice. If you would like to join the conversation and stay up to date on all things Infinite Rabbit Hole, head on over to Facebook and search for the Infinite Rabbit Hole Facebook group. You'll know it's us when you see the logo. If you would like to help contribute to the cause, there are a few ways to do so. First, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash infinite rabbit hole and click on the subscribe button where for $5 a month you'll get access to all our old episodes that will never see the free spotlight ever again. It's horrible stuff, but if you're into that kind of thing, then go check it out. Second, head on over to InfiniteRabbitHole.com and click on the IRH Merch Shop tab and grab yourself a sweet t-shirt, sticker, or whatever else you see that you wouldn't mind owning. Until next time, travelers, I'm Jeremy, and I'll see you at the next fork in the path of the infinite rabbit hole. Bye.